This is the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you the inside track on Liverpool FC's next opponents. Hello and welcome to the latest Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel. I'm your host, Matt Addison, alongside me, Alex Dickon from the Birmingham Mail, here to look ahead to what should be a brilliant game of football at Anfield against Wolves. Liverpool in second place in the table heading into the weekend, Wolves in seventh, but just four points behind and both teams having to contend with plenty of injury concerns. First of all, though, before we get into it, Alex, welcome back to the Blood Red podcast. I think the last time we had you on here was just a couple of days after Diogo Jota had signed. It's not been a bad couple of months for him since. Yeah, that's worked out well for you guys, hasn't it? Uh, I told you it was good. Um, <laughs> it's nice to see him doing so well, actually, and uh, re- recapturing the form of a, of a year or two ago because he's been brilliant. I think it's nine nine goals in nine starts in all comps. Um, so, yeah, really good to see him doing well. We might as well start by getting into to Diogo Jota. Then nine goals, as you say, in, in 15 games for Liverpool in all. Have you been at all surprised that he started as quickly as what he had? Because as you say, we, we knew he was a good footballer, but this has been a, a much better start than I think any Liverpool fan and probably even Diogo Jota himself could have dreamt of. Yeah, I don't think we expected him to be quite so prolific from the start. Um, he does have these spells, though, where he kind of he starts scoring, he just doesn't stop. Um, he's had a, a lot of them over the last few years for Wolves and he's a very, very streaky player once he once he starts scoring, as I said, he didn't stop and um, the goals he's been scoring for Liverpool have been fantastic. All different kinds of goals as well. We didn't really see him score some of these goals that he's scoring for Liverpool. I remember he scored a, was it a header against West Ham uh, to beat them. Um, so, yeah, all different kinds of goals. He looks like um, a really kind of natural forward in that Liverpool 4-3-3 and I know he's fitted in when they play 4-2-3-1 as well. So, it's, it's good to see him doing so well, but probably not massively unexpected from a Wolves point of view because um, I think on a much smaller scale, obviously, he's been doing doing this for Wolves for three years and it's nice to see him getting that kind of league recognition now that he's probably deserved. Yeah, he's certainly settled in straight away at Liverpool. Wolves, though, don't seem to be doing too badly without him. As I say, just four points behind Liverpool in the table and they are quietly picking up the wins this season. Yeah, it's it's been in different start because they've tried a few different formations and systems um, and they've actually gone to a back four in the last two games, which has worked quite well, especially against Arsenal on Sunday. Um, so we, we we think that could be an option going forward now for them. Um, but again, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me they went back to a back three again, against Liverpool to just be a little bit more cautious. Um, but yeah, the results that... The performances haven't been great a lot of the time. Um, I think it's only probably the Arsenal game and maybe a Cutler's Crystal Palace where they played really well um, that have stood out. They've just kind of grinded out results, which is what they've needed to do. Um, they had a decent run when they were through three out of four games, uh, but against teams they probably should have been expected to beat. But it's been indifferent and we're just hoping that they can kind of start kicking kicking into gear now with a, with a long period to the next international break because they didn't have a pre-season after the European campaign last year. So that was a big, a big, big problem over the summer um, and probably contributed to the slow start. So we're hoping performances now after the Arsenal game can peak a little bit and get better and obviously results will follow as well and they can continue climbing up the league. Yeah, I mean, there was a 4-0 defeat in there to West Ham, I think. There was a couple of, of different, indifferent results, as you say. it. The, the 4-0 one seemed a little bit, to me, a, a bit like a comparison of, of Liverpool losing 7-2 to Aston Villa. It, it sort of came out of nowhere. It was in that period of the season where there was a few mad results happening. 
But Wolves, you know, they they have had a couple of decent results since then. I think, as you say, they've beaten Arsenal. I think they've beaten Leeds. They did lose mm. to Leicester, but it does tend to be going the right way for them this season. Yeah, I mean, that that period of probably a week when Wolves lost 4-0 to West Ham, Liverpool lost uh, 7-2 to Villa, and then I think Leicester almost also lost 3-0 home to West Ham. And there's a few others as well. It was a crazy couple of weeks. Um, that game in particular, one Wolves want to forget, it was it was horrendous. Uh, nothing really went well from start to finish. And... Um, yeah, it's it's one they just want to put behind them. But since then, there was a reaction, um, not necessarily in the in the upturning performances because they were still quite poor uh, in terms of their actual play in those three or four games that followed that. But they picked up results more importantly. Um, so they're on the right tracks now, and they are. I think they're a, they're back in seventh now, which seems to kind of be synonymous with Wolves. They finish seventh every single season at the moment. So uh, if they can get a little bit above that. Um, in the next few weeks, we'll be very grateful for it. But it looks it looks like things are heading in the right direction now um, and the performances are getting better. We mentioned Diogo Jota before. We know that he wasn't necessarily playing week in, week out last season for Wolves. But who is it that's replaced him? Who will be out there on the left-hand side at Anfield? Well, it was it was Daniel Palence who was who had been playing on the left side uh, predominantly this season with Pedro Neto on the right and obviously Raul Jimenez has been in the middle. Um, but the last couple of games, it's been Pedence moved inside and Neto, who's naturally left footer, naturally left winger, has gone over to the left with Adama coming over to the right. So Wolves have been playing with two very natural wingers, uh, getting to the byline, getting loads of crosses in, cutbacks and things like that. So um, Neto has probably stepped into that role over the last two weeks. And um, he's probably, again, like Jota, a player that, that, uh, that a lot of Premier League fans probably aren't that aware of. Um, you know, he, he was at Braga, came through there at 17, scored in his debut, and then went to Lazio, where he didn't play much for two years before coming to Wolves at the start of the start of last season. Um, he was quite good last season, really, without being a regular in the starting eleven. But this season, he's really stepped up, and he's been probably the standout attacking player in the opening weeks of the season for Wolves. Uh, great speed, uh, great left foot, um, great crossing ability, and a fantastic dribbler as well and looks a really, really good player. And he's only 20 years old, so there is a hell of a lot of excitement that he could go on to become the best of the uh, of the young talents at Wolves. I suppose it's probably not a bad time to ask you about Raul Jimenez as well. Before we get on to sort of what a big loss he'll be, how is he getting on? Has, has there been any more updates since, of course, the, the horrific head injury that he suffered last week? Yeah, Wolves have been have been very good in kind of keeping fans updated on it. Um it's obviously a very serious injury and one that I know people around around the world were, were horrified to see. Uh, it was obviously a fractured skull. He was operated on on the Sunday night and then uh, had regained consciousness when he got to hospital. So since then, there's been a further further update from Wolves doctor, Matt Parry, saying he's making uh, excellent progress and that they hope he'll be able to, to return home to his family at the beginning of next week, which is obviously massively positive news for everyone. Yeah, it's obviously fantastic to, to hear that. Obviously, everyone wishes him all the best. But in terms of the game, it, it will be a big loss for Wolves. There's no doubt about that. He almost strikes me a little bit of being Wolves' version of Roberto Firmino in that he ties together a lot of those Wolves attacks. The SPN had him down, I think, as the 10th best striker in the world for 2020 earlier this week. He's obviously very highly rated. And, and how much of an impact do you think that will have, not just the fact that he isn't there, but on the rest of the Wolves team? I mean, there's no denying that it's it's a, a huge kind of loss that he won't be in one starting eleven. Um, I think everyone can agree on that. Uh, I was actually looking at this earlier, and 
since they promoted to the Premier League and he signed that summer in 2018. He's been involved in every single Premier League game. Uh, obviously, most of them he started. I think he's been on the bench for maybe two or three, uh, just in need for a rest. But he's absolutely huge to the way Wolves play. Um, for me, I, I know you'll probably disagree because for me, yeah, but for me, he's, he is the best uh, all-round centre-forward in the Premier League. Um, I know there's some, there's obviously some fast, fantastic players, but I don't think anyone does everything quite as well as he does um, in terms of heading ability, obviously left foot, right foot, linking the play and also being able to run the channels. He's also a fantastic dribbler, as we've seen, scores great, great solo goals as well as uh, those team goals finishing them off. But um, he's going to be it's going to be a massive miss, and it's interesting to see how Wolves will will cope with that with that loss now, because um, obviously young Fabio Silva, who's Wolves' record transfer, thirty five million pound, came into the into the team against Arsenal and played played really well actually. Uh, for an eighteen year old, he he managed to kind of link the play and and performed really well up against three very experienced central centre backs in in Gabriel, David Luiz, and and Rob Holding. Um, so it'll be interesting whether he keeps his place. He hasn't started a Premier League game yet. Um, and to be honest, that was kind of the only kind of decent showing we've seen. We've not seen much from him. He's, he, he hasn't really impressed when he's came on in the league games before that, but he's not given, been given much time. Um, that's the obvious one because Wolves don't have another another recognised striker in their squad. Uh, it's just whether whether Nuno kind of takes a little bit of a gamble and and goes without a striker and potentially plays Daniel Pedence as a, as a almost false nine. And goes with a three-four-three formation or a four-three-three, with Adama, Pedence, and Pedro Neto. Which again, that three are going to cause everyone problems, but they won't necessarily have the the focal point as they would have had if if Jimenez had been there or if Fabio Silva stepped in. Behind enemy lines on the Blood Red Channel. Fabio Silva is one I was going to pick out, actually. A really interesting player, obviously very highly rated. He actually knows Liverpool's coach, Vitor Matos, very well. Something I've written about this week. He worked with him, I think, when he was sort of 12 or 13, enticed him back to Porto when he had a little spell at Benfica. I mean, he is still only 18, but there must be a lot of excitement about what he can become because you don't spend £35 million on an 18-year-old unless you think he can become a top, top player. Yeah, it's the words that have come with it as well. I mean, when he signed, Jeff Shoes, Wolves chairman, uh, was saying that he's a generational talent and kind of highlighting all the great qualities that he, qualities that he has, even though he's only so young. Um, that you know he's he's got great great game intelligence and and also is a finisher. I mean, we haven't really seen much of that because he hasn't had many chances, if any at all. Um, he only played, I think, twenty four games before he joined Wolves for Porto, so he's not got a great deal of experience at first team level, but. When a club's prepared to pay thirty-five million pounds for an eighteen-year-old, especially a club like Wolves, who don't, who haven't in the past really splashed the cash. I mean, um, everyone, you know, I think everyone mentions that you know Wolves have spent big, but they haven't really. When you think about it, they've paid thirty-two for him, and there's thirty-two million. Um, and behind that, it was really a Dharma Traore for eighteen million. They've done a couple of big deals over the summer with Fabio Silva and Nelson Semedo, uh, both coming for an excess of thirty, but. They don't really spend massive money. So for Wolves to spend that sort of money on an 18-year-old was quite a huge deal at the time. Um, again, we haven't we haven't seen an awful lot of him. Uh, so we can't really make judgment at the moment. But um, we're hoping that kind of as the season grow, goes on, um, he'll grow into that role and, and become a, a real viable alternative to him as over the next couple of years because uh, Wolves haven't really had that alternative really because they had... Patrick Catrone last season who didn't work out and they've had a couple of others and it's not it's not quite been been what Wolves wanted. Um, also, Nuno doesn't really talk up players 
Uh, I'm sure most journalists uh, around the Premier League are aware uh, he tends to focus on the team rather than individuals. But a couple of times he has spoken about Fabio Silva at great in great length um, and really seems excited about this talent. So uh, hopefully he can go on to have the career that, that Wolves expect and hope. Yeah, certainly a lot of expectation on his shoulders. And Daniel Pedenza as well is one that I'd picked out every time I've watched Wolves this season. I've been you know, very impressed with him. He's certainly very good on the eye. He seems to be adding sort of goals and assists and that sort of thing as well. I mean, is he somebody who you'd pick out as being a standout for Wolves this season? Yeah, I think I picked him out as um, as my one to watch at the start of the season because he didn't play much last season at all. He had this uh, this period of adaptation that Nuno demands of all the, the new signings, especially those that come kind of midway through a season like Pedence did in January. So he didn't really play at all uh, until maybe the last two or three games of last season. Uh, and then he forced his way into the starting eleven and and has become a mainstay since. And he's... He's just absolutely a breath of fresh air. The way he plays is so unique and different to, to everyone else. I think everyone realises that, you know, he's probably about five, six inches shorter than, than every other player in the Premier League. So, um, yeah, it, it's great to watch. And he's just so he's so kind of high energy and um, high tempo. He's, he's just, he's brilliant to watch. And I think you'll have seen the goal he scored against Arsenal uh, on Sunday where he, you know, had a split second to think and he flicked it over Gabrielle's foot and slotted it brilliantly into the corner. A great finish and a great piece of skill. Um, he's a fantastic player and and someone, again, like Neto, I, I don't think the, the Premier League and other fans around the, around England know much about him and I think they're going to know a lot about him by the end of this season. Wolves, as you say, have just been to Arsenal. They won there. But what is the aim for them this season? Is it top six? Is it even top four? I think it's got to be to improve in the last two seasons. Um, they, I think they, there was a lot of, kind of debate whether they improved the squad over the summer because they did sell Jota, they sold uh, Matt Doherty as well. So, um, but they brought six players in. Most of them are young players with, who are going to develop over the next couple of years. But um, I think they did improve. Um, they obviously signed Nelson Semedo as well, who's a massive name, uh, and he's been a fantastic signer as well. He's really, really stepped into the role over the last, the last few weeks and few games. Um, I think it's got to be to, uh, to to break into that top six. Wolves Wolves should have broken into the top top six last season. Uh, it was only a bit of a capitulation at the end, which which cost them that spot. Um, and on the, obviously on the final day, losing to uh, to Chelsea and Spurs, getting a draw at Crystal Palace meant they finished six on goal difference. So um, I think that's got to be the aim. I don't see why Wolves can't in this season in particular because it's so kind of messed up and and there isn't really the big teams aren't really pulling away yet. I don't see why Wolves can't aim for for the top four, uh, potentially finish fourth. But I think top six in general would be a, would be a great achievement and would show progress. And that's what Wolves have done every season uh, under Nuno. They've shown progress, and that's what they need to do again this season. One player who seems to have made a lot of progress really over the last couple of seasons is Connor Cody, a player who, of course, came through at Liverpool's academy, made his England debut this year as well. I mean. As I say, he just seems to have stepped up again and become a real top-class Premier League centre-back now. Yeah, I think the England call-up has actually made a huge difference to him because um, you know he's play- he was playing well before that and and was always one of one of the uh, the guaranteed picks in Nuno's eleven. But I think that call-up has given him so much more confidence. You watch him play now, and he just doesn't really seem to make any kind of mistakes. 
Um, before, I, I would always have questioned his defensive ability. I think when players got one-on-one -on -one with him, uh, that was a potential weak point in the Wolves team. I think we saw Mikel Antonio exposed it brutally against um, against West Ham earlier in the season in isolating him in wide areas, 1v1, and he absolutely ripped him to shreds that night. But it's Wolves' kind of responsibility, the rest of the players' responsibility, to not kind of let him get into that position. And they've done that quite well since. And even when Cody has been asked to defend, he's done well. I think that, that England call has taken him to the next level. And for me, if, if England are going to play a back three going forward, even if they're going to play a back four, because I think he's proven himself now that he can he can also do that. I think Cody needs to be in, in that England team because I don't think we're particularly strong in that position. Um, and he's a player who's been in form now for, for two, three years and, and deserves that chance. We mentioned earlier uh, the, the sort of differences between a back three for Wolves and, and sometimes a back four. Probably one player who would prefer it to be a back three as well as Connor Cody is Keanu Hoover, who of course signed from Liverpool over the summer. It, it doesn't look like he's been playing too regularly so far, but is there any chance at all he might feature at Anfield? And do you think he, he's made a decent enough start at, at Wolves to sort of show long term that, that he can be a good signing? Yeah, uh, Keanu Hoover, I think, is very much one for the long term. I wouldn't expect him to be involved uh, against Liverpool on Sunday, to be fair. he's. Uh, I'm told that he was signed um, already knowing that Nelson Semedo was going to come in and players become first choice right wing back or right back now. So um, I think it's more of a case of him learning this season, developing. I don't think he's going to get a lot of a lot of opportunities because Wolves aren't aren't in Europe anymore. They're not in... Um, they got knocked out of the Carabao Cup first round. Uh, so I think FA Cup and potentially some of the late latter league games, he might get more involved, more minutes and more involved. But um, it's it's difficult because Wolves squad is is quite stacked, to be fair, at defence. And they've got quite a lot of players. So it's really, I think he'd only come in if, if there was an injury to Nelson Semedo. And um, obviously we're hoping that's not going to be the case. But uh, but he's definitely one for the future. He's a massive talent, as we, as we knew from you guys when... When he broke through at Liverpool uh, against Wolves back in January 2018, um, so yeah, it's, it's one it's one for the future. But mainly, his games so far have come with the uh, with the under 23s. Yeah, I'm sure he will settle in there long term and be a good player. Just as a, a final topic, then before we finish, there'll of course be 2,000 fans inside Anfield for the game. How much of a big moment do you think that will be? Just for for the Premier League in general, to be honest, we know that. Wolves being one of them, not every team will have that luxury, but I suppose it, it's got to be viewed as a, a step forward at least. Yeah, it has to be. I think we've all been miserable uh, in 2020. So, I mean, anything kind of getting back towards, towards you know, full stadiums and fans being back in is, is a bonus, I think, now. And hopefully that will happen next year. Um, it'll actually be great just kind of hear some kind of noise in the stadium because uh, I'm getting sick of hearing, of hearing Connor Cody shouting at Wolves players, to be honest. Um, so it'll be good to actually hear something different, but it's uh, it's it's fantastic for the game and fantastic for supporters because it's been far too long and they haven't been inside stadiums. I mean, there's been a few different reactions. I know one or two managers across the Premier League are not convinced that there should be any fans in any stadium until it can be for everyone. What do you think Wolves' stance on that is? Do you think they view it as a disadvantage that they can't, but but Liverpool can have fans? I don't think Nuno's been asked about that actually, but um, I think he'd be fully behind it anyway, that, that fans would be allowed in because he's spoken quite candidly about it a number of times um, with Wolves and obviously his own frustrations that fans aren't being allowed in. But um, I think again, you know, Wolves are, are just desperate for their own fans to return, which 
won't be the case for at least what is it two weeks until until there's a review on the 16th of December or something. So um, it's 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 frustrating from a, from a Wolves point of view um, and from a personal point of view because people around here are still in are still in tier three. Um, but you know it's it's nice to see kind of we're kind of getting back towards towards some level of normality with with fans some fans at least being allowed in around the country and hopefully it's a kind of nationwide thing soon not just not just certain certain clubs yeah absolutely some fascinating battles to look forward to at Anfield on Sunday but no bigger thing really than the last thing we touched upon a couple of fans will be back inside the stadium and of course, for Liverpool, that's the first time that will have happened since the Champions League exit to Atletico Madrid. Thanks very much to, to Alex for joining me. The, the final question I will throw you away is just to quickly ask for a score prediction for the game. I think it's going to be 2-1 to Liverpool. I do think Wolves will score, but I think Liverpool might just edge it. What do you reckon it might be? I'll go I'll go 1-1. I think Liverpool have got so much firepower that I'd expect them to score but uh, again, Wolves have, got, Wolves have got plenty of firepower. And I know Liverpool have been struggling defensively, uh, injury-wise. So um, I think they'll have they'll have chances in the game, and I expect them to take one. Yeah, should certainly be a good one anyway. And of course, you can see how it pans out across the Liverpool Echo and Blood Red as ever. For now, though, thank you for listening. Enjoy the rest of the build-up to the game from myself and from Alex Dickon. It's goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Behind Enemy Lines podcast on the Blood Red channel.